welcome to another edition of the Stunt Show. This is Mark Zomick, one of the six rotating hosts on this program. I share the microphone with Mayor Fertig, Elio Fink, Sammy Schechter, Jordan B. Gorfinkel, and of course, the deepest voice among the six of us, the great Leo Rizomic. This show can be heard every Thursday at 1 p.m. following the live lunch, and of course, anytime you like, on the NSN app or NachumSiegel.com. We have a great stunt for you. Sorry, we have a great stunt. Stunt show for you. I can't even say the words. I must be nervous. A great stunt show for you today. We have two stunts going on, actually. They might not, neither of them could be considered stunts, or both of them could be considered stunts, depending on what you think after the show. And as I always say, either great radio or crash and burn. So we're going to be doing two things on the show today. The first, we're going to be playing some great music that is extraordinarily out of character for me to play. We're going to be playing, I was listening to music in the car on the way home, and um, had my uh, iPhone on shuffle, and I heard a number of, a number of selections from uh, Yankee Lemmer and from uh, uh, Yitzchak Mayer Helfgott, and it occurred to me that I am going to play some cantorial music today as my musical selections during the show, so you'll hear some Yankee Lemmer, you'll hear some Helfgott, maybe some Rosenblatt, of course, our good friend, the great Natal Hirschtick, the Chazan of the Hampton Synagogue. All great chazanim, you'll hear some songs, at least a song from each of them, as we continue on this show. And the second stunt we will have is that we'll have a great interview today, really crash or burn, an interview I've been preparing for over 27 years for. We're going to interview the preschool director of the Suburban Torah Center in Livingston, New Jersey. And after this next song, we will explain why we uh, think that's a stunt. Anyway, this is Mark Zomik. This is the Nachum Siegel Network. This is Yitzchak Mayer Helfgott on The Stunt Show.
Got here on the stunt show, Mark Zomick, on uh, my week in the rotation, playing some cantorial music and doing a what we hope will be an interesting interview 
with a brand new director of a preschool in Livingston, New Jersey. We'll explain why it's part of the stud. Anyway, that's Yitzhak Meir. As I'm listening to the song, a couple of things I hear. First of all, I have seen him perform, and he is effortless. It sounds like he's working so hard, and his face is like purple, but he's effortless when he sings, which is amazing. Also, you hear um, in that song notes of, from um, his Birchas um, HaChodesh, and from uh, his Sheyibana Beis Hamigdash, I guess that's the same thing, as well as at the end you hear a couple notes from Atikva, I think. So anyway, playing some great cantorial music here on the Stunt Show, and uh, let's get right into our interview. So as I joked, I was uh, preparing this interview for the past 27 years. I'm interviewing today the preschool director of the Iris Berman Early Childhood Center at the Suburban Taurus Center in Livingston, New Jersey, my wife, Mrs. Rochelle Zomek. Welcome to the Stunt Show, Rochelle. Nice to be here. Um, right. You're here a lot, actually, as we're recording the show in our home. Um, I, you know, as I'm thinking what I could do for the stunt show at the last minute, leaving it to the end, uh, not like I normally do, but certainly this week, I said, well, I can, Rochelle has a new job. We can interview the, the preschool director of the uh, Iris Berman Early Childhood Center. And I had the privilege of spending this past Shabbat with my wife and her constituents in Livingston, New Jersey. By the way, the Livingston, New Jersey is west, uh, is in western, southwestern New Jersey of here, mostly west. It's in Essex County, Livingston, um, certainly in suburban Essex County, um, near the Oranges. And um, it, the synagogue of the Suburban Tourist Center is probably the second largest Orthodox shul in suburban Essex County. Um, or at this point, maybe in Essex County. It is led by the great Rabbi Ellie Michelle and his wife, Rebecca. Um, for those of you who have heard in the Suburban Story Center, you might have heard over the past dozen or so years, the rabbi was Mordechai Fjorstein. And before that, its founding rabbi was Rabbi Moshe Kassanetz. Just to give you a little history of the synagogue of the Suburban Torah Center. And um, so we had the Great privilege of spending Shabbat in Livingston. We um, had a wonderful meal on Shabbat at the rabbi's house and at Friday night at the Orbach's house with some great company, and we got a real feel of the Livingston community. But it was my, and it wasn't our first trip to Livingston. We certainly made over the years a number of trips to Livingston in different iterations, but it was certainly a very eye-opening experience, a wonderful warm, welcoming community in a beautiful, spanking new shul that's probably only a few years old. Um, with a wonderful preschool and a lovely Havdalah ceremony on Matzoi Shabbat. So anyway, Rochelle Zamek, to those of you who don't know, is in her first year as a director of the Iris Berman Early Childhood Center at the Suburban Torah Center in Livingston, New Jersey. And she formerly was the co-director, director of the preschool of the Chabad in Fort Lee. And she spent a good number of years in, in previously of that as a head teacher at the Mariah School in Englewood, New Jersey, and, um, and other places, and doing many other things and honing her skills. Anyway, that's the history of Rochelle Zomek. So, Rochelle, how did you find this, um, this great community in Livingston um, to, um, to become the preschool director? I first want to say that I think it's funny that of all the years we've been together, which is more than 27, that this is the thing that I get interviewed about on the radio. So I think that's very interesting, and I think it's very telling, actually. Um, it's a great place. I, I find it very easily. I find it wonderful to be there, in case you're wondering how I'm going to answer that question fully. Um, but I actually uh, I saw a posting about it on the wonderful Teenexuals, and it was calling me. It was calling my name. And they had me at hello. That's what I like to say. They had me at hello. 
It's a very warm community. Um, people really care about each other. The board and the staff of the school care about the teachers. The teachers care about the children and the parents. The parents care about the teachers. It's just one cycle of everybody really reaching out to each other, speaking with respect to each other, and really wanting what's best for the children. It's just a fabulous place, and I'm really very happy there. Um, what um, what differentiates the school, perhaps, from other places you've worked? So number one is the caring, caring all around. Uh, they really want, most all schools really want what's best for the children, but in this way, the teachers really modify on the spot when they see that the kids are going in a certain direction. They're willing to change their own plans, their own direction, and go in the direction that the children want. Um, truly emergent curriculum, uh, giving the children the needs that they are looking for uh, artistically, creatively, academically. Every child is really helped on their own individual level, and the teachers are just spectacular at, at eyeing the kids and seeing what they need and accommodating in that way. What, uh, what, what are the, what's the age range in the preschool? Hmm. They've grown. Um, our oldest class is the pre-K class, the four-year-olds. We have... They're the fantastic fours. We have very happy threes that are there. We have terrific twos, and we have little beginners. But we also have an amazing caregiver and me class called Baby Chino. So we really start at birth, and we move all the way up through pre-K. Where do the pre-K graduates typically go after? Typically, they go to the Kushner School. Uh, it's also leads into a great school. I've met with teachers there and the director there and... They're really also the caring and the warmth that we have is continued on into their school. There are other schools that people go to, but that's really where most of the children go. Um, and where do the kids come from? What kind of do they all come from Livingston? Are they all members of the shul? We have. They are not all members of the shul. We we accept children from anywhere. Uh, we have families from Livingston, from West Orange. We've had families from Springfield. We have families interested from Elizabeth, New Jersey. Um, anywhere, anywhere. If somebody's willing to come, we're we're very happy to have them. Um, requirement is you want a warm, loving atmosphere, and uh, and want to be part of a great family. Okay, we're going to play another cantorial piece, and coming up after, can after this piece, we are going to find out what Reggio means. This is Mark Zomick on The Stunt Show on the Nahum Siegel Network. <laughs>
Mark Zamek here on the Stunt Show on a Thursday following the live lunch here, or really any time, any place on the NSN app on the Nachum Siegel Network. Great, great programming all day long, all night long here. Don't forget tomorrow morning, Thursday, if you're listening to the show on Thursday, tomorrow morning, Friday, Malcolm Honeline at 740, followed by Naomi Nachman at 9 a.m. with uh, Table for Two. She's always doing great and amazing shows, especially when she does it with me. Anyway, that was Yankee Lemmer with um, with Vihu from the Musaf Kadushi here on the stunt show on the Nachum Siegel Network, trying to do two stones. I- I'm juggling two stunts at once, believe it or not, playing cantorial music, of which I am not accustomed, and interviewing my wife, which I am also not accustomed to. So I've heard a lot, Rochelle, Mrs. Amick. I have heard a lot, our interviewee, Mo Rochelle, excuse me, I've heard a lot about um, the teaching method called Reggio that you seem to be very, very into. Explain to our listeners that it has nothing to do with number 44 on the New York Yankees, Reggie Jackson. It's something completely different. What is the Reggio method of teaching? Reggio Emilia is a city in Italy um, where they have a philosophy that children learn best through authentic experiences, actually really building, seeing, doing everything in real live ways. So we have adopted that philosophy. Many schools have adopted that philosophy in giving the children the opportunity to learn best using real live materials, authentic experiences, and opportunities to really see how the things in the world work. So we bring it into their level, and we bring them outside. We bring in uh, outside resources using different recyclable materials and just giving them the chance to build and see how things work. Can you give a tangible example of what a non-Reggio classroom might look like or, or, or class event might look like versus a Reggio class event might look like? I don't know the right terminology, but project or something. Well, for many, many years, um, we have had the practice, teachers have had the practice of everything looking the same, that everybody's clown looks the same perm time, and everybody's penguin looks the same uh, when you're doing winter. And what we try to do now, many schools try to do now, is really give them more uh, science experiences and math experiences. Instead of just everybody cutting out the same thing or coloring the same thing, you know, in in the easiest way of, of explaining it is really just giving them the opportunity to explore science and math in real life. But what kind of science are you teaching to a two-year-old? Well, we give them, okay, here's an example. Take them outside and let them explore um, nature. And then we bring nature back inside and they get to recreate what they saw outside in a way that they would like. So, for example, Tupishvat is coming. So, today the two-year-old class went outside in the weather, whatever the weather was, and they were outside for an extremely long time because the children really enjoyed exploring. Frostbite wasn't an issue. Not an issue. Okay. It really was not that cold in the middle of the day today. But they really explored um, where they were going. So the teachers asked the children, what do they think they're going to see outside? What do they expect to see? What would they like to see? They go outside. They talk about it. What do they see? They take pictures of what's going on, and when they come back in, the children have gathered many materials, many things that they found in nature, 
but it doesn't just end there, and they're not just sitting and gluing. They're actually sorting the materials, what might have been alive at one point, what might not have been alive, as you know, a, a branch as opposed to a rock, a leaf as opposed to uh, a stone, a pebble. Um, but how is that different than what they would have done in a non-Reggio Amelia Bedelia environment? Amelia Batilia. <laughs> um, Amelia Batilia environment, they actually might have done this, <laughs> and not intentionally. Um, well, to give an example, um, I know that there are teachers that would have the children create a tree by using um, toilet paper rolls or paintbrushes, but what we try to do is have them recreate a tree using real materials from trees, so it's nature. It's They're feeling the bark. They're smelling the bark. They're smelling the soil. They brought in soil. They brought in moss that they found outside. Um, anything, anything that they found outside in the playground. There are still there are some evergreen trees and different types of uh, trees that haven't lost their leaves. Brought some of that in, and it's going. The teachers have a uh, given the children free reign in the classroom to hang it up, design however they want. So, do you have to? How do parents react? getting a project brought home that they have no idea what it is. They do have an idea what it is because a lot of what we do includes dictation and documentation of what the children have done. So before an experience, when the children bring something up, we'll ask them, what do you mean? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Why do you want to do it? What do you think you'll find? How will it feel? Ask them a lot of questions about that, and we list their responses, take their dictation as to what it is. We ask them for a plan of action, where they're going to go with it, what they want to do with it. Then, while the activity is going on, there are pictures being taken to document what's happening. And then after, when they, and we've done research to look how can we explore this further, um, whether it's computer or bringing books or asking somebody who has an expertise in it. And when they've created what they wanted creative or gone with it, we hang up this whole process of what they've done from start to finish, from the list of questions from the pictures of the exploration, from the research that we found, from the mapping of how they've designed what they're going to create, um, it all gets posted, it gets hung up, it gets emailed to the parents so they can follow it along and see what the kids are doing. So you're explaining it to them when you're sending it home? And in addition, yes, it's explained. And in addition, it's not a one-time deal. These things stay in the classroom and as different weeks go through the year, we're able to revisit what they've explored. So it's not just a one-time experience, one and done, as a lot of people say. Right, but there are certain times of the year where you're going to want to send home a project. You're going to want to send a little Vanessa home on Sukkot. And, and we would, 100%, but there's also the documentation that gets to be revisited. And we may not be just making a formal, you know, taking um, model magic and creating an etrog and spraying it with lemon perfume. There's a whole different way of exploring what is an etrog, cutting it open, exploring it, cooking with it, and, and researching why an etrog, what is an, how is an etrog different than a lemon or anything else? What other citrus fruits can we compare it well, to? Well, so that gets into the next question I want to ask you after the next song, because I think that the methodology that Jewish day schools teach preschool, and probably almost only preschool, is the true merging of Torah Umada in a way that's not taught throughout the rest of the day. But we'll talk about this after this great song from Natanel Hirschtick on the Nahum Siegel Network. 
This is Mark Zamek on the Stunt Show. That was another Bavor David. This one by the great Natanel Hirschstick. Um, very interesting to hear these cantorial selections back to back. One of our stunts on the Stunt Show. The other stunt is I am um, taking the risk of interviewing my wife here. She is the preschool director at the Iris Berman Early Childhood Center of the Suburban Tourist Center in Livingston, New Jersey. And uh, where we left off, we were our, our payoff is going to be after the song was going to be the discussion of how preschool is perhaps the truest example. Jewish preschool, Jewish day school, is probably the truest example of how we really teach Torah Umada. And um, how do we merge? How do we merge the two in preschool? Mo Rochelle, to you. Um, so. Jewish preschools generally go according to the Jewish calendar. It's calendar-based curriculum. And we incorporate throughout the year as each week comes and, and offers us another Jewish holiday or a season, we incorporate math and science and literacy skills and growth through a Jewish eye. For example? For example, um, Rosh Hashanah time. We may have lots of apples around, measure with apples, compare apples, taste test, graph, who likes which color better, you know, all different types of things like that. All Three-year-olds know how to graph? They do learn. They can learn anything. How come most uh, 23, 23-year-olds <laughs> I know can't graph? Uh, they forget it. They were absent that day. Uh Okay. Um, you know, that's just one method that has been used tried and true. Uh, there's just... When, you, when you're when you a Reggio-inspired school, not necessarily a fully Reggio, but Reggio-inspired school, the, it just offers you many more opportunities to uh, have real life in your classroom. Uh, so, uh, so you're not fully Reggio, you're Reggio-inspired. That's because we really, truly believe that our Jewish spirit, our Jewish core is most important. And why can't you teach fully Reggio as a Jewish school? It's a good question. It's a challenge because uh, we have a lot of rituals that we have in Orthodox Judaism. So you can't just make them up as you <laughs> see fit. <laughs> like a Hanukkah, you can have um, Hanukkah. The children can choose to make a Han- after learning about right. Hanukkah, they can choose to make one out of wood or out of clay or out of lucite or out of whatever materials you have in the classroom. It could be actual. Uh, Hanukkah that you can light, or, it or could out be, of wood like they do in Bnei Shuren. Right, or it could be. Uh, um, uh, game, you know, one that they can not light, that it can be like playing, right. building it. But it always has eight candles. Uh, well, um, it, it could. It depends. If you want it to be a kosher Hanukkah, then there are some guidelines we follow. In, so that's, I mean, a truly, a, a truly Reggio 
classroom Hanukkah could have two Might candles on it. Might be lighting a candelabra as opposed to right. A so you're Hanukkiah. trying to drive it in. Interesting. Now, I know nothing about education. Luckily, you took care of. You know many things about. Okay, so what's education. the difference? The only other kind of, especially preschool, that I would have ever heard of is Montessori, mm-hmm. and. Montessori always gives me the impression of the kids just do whatever they want, which sounds a little bit like the way you're describing Reggio. Uh, it's not um, have care. The classrooms are structured and inviting in such a way that it's not like it's chaos all over the classroom. Montessori is also a great philosophy to follow. And I truly believe that the you know preschools of today are incorporating a lot of these philosophies together to build an environment that is encouraging to children um, to learn as much as possible on the level that they need to learn. Um, Montessori is a great thing to look up, and, and it's, it inspires a lot of children, helps them grow and learn in a different method. Okay. Let's put you on the spot. Because you haven't done that already. Right, exactly. Let's By the way, the... not my idea to do this interview right, today. Exactly. That was my risk. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put you on the spot. Okay, I'm going to name a Parsha. And you give no. me an idea of what you might do as a project. We'll make it easy for you. Parshas Noah. What will we do for Parshas Noah as a as a project where we can teach kids something else? So we don't necessarily do a project. We have explorations. Like? Bring in water, sinking and floating, giving children the opportunity to find the the principles of how water works and how things float, um, you know. What else? Um, rainbows, color exploration. We do a lot with color exploration at that time. Uh, what what Parshas Titzave. No, that's too hard. Um, well, <laughs> I'm not thinking Titzave right now, so it's not in my mind. Um, what would you do for Purim? Sound, um, emotions. I'm thinking. Because um, it's on the spot. I'm, I'm not know. up to Purim exactly. yet. I'm only up to Tubishvat. Well, usually a few months ahead of everybody else. <laughs> um, we would explore the senses and give the children the opportunity to really delve into hearing, having them put on, look, you're wearing earphones, Mark. You know, giving them the opportunity to listen to sound through microphone, you know, uh, singing, maybe bring in recording, have them record. Maybe you can come into school and give the children an experience. Now, now you're coming. Okay. Iris Bermanelli Childhood Center. Mark Zamek will be finding a day before Purim for the children to come and make a little recording of themselves. That's interesting. Uh, to see what sound. And you can show them on the computer how what it... What sound looks like. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Because okay. uh, we do that with a guitar. and We show them how the strings vibrate. They have the opportunity to explore that. So there you go. Got okay. you back. Yeah, I don't know that I have time, but okay, we'll figure it out. Um, maybe during the marathon when I take off, I'll come in afterwards. Um, anyway, so uh, this is the stunt show, Mark Zomik. Uh A couple stunts. Hopefully uh, you are enjoying it as much as we do, or as Lior would say, I hope you learned. I did. Um, we've got a couple more questions for Rochelle after this uh, next cantorial piece. Um, Just don't ask me to sing any cantorial no pieces. No cantorial pieces from Rochelle today. Oh, well. Um, anyway, after this one, after this piece, we'll be back and wrap it up with the uh, preschool director of the Iris Berman Early Childhood Center at the Suburban Torah Center in Livingston, New Jersey.
Yaitzeh here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Yanki Lemmer or Chazan Yaakov Lemmer here on the Stunt Show. Mark Zomik hosting this week on another great edition here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Get the app, by the way. If you haven't got the app, well, I guess if you're listening to this, there's a good chance you got the app if you're listening online. If you haven't created an ID, go create an ID um, because it's you can then listen to archives and a lot of other things. Anyway, next Thursday behind this microphone is Mayor Fertig. Sammy Schechter follows that. And right now I'm scheduled to do the February 4th show. It might be a very, very exciting live stunt show from almost Times Square in New York City. So stay tuned for more information on that. Hopefully I didn't spill too much information that Miriam's going to get in get me in trouble anyway we are um talking to the preschool director of the iris Berman early childhood center at the synagogue of the suburban torah center in livingston new jersey i'm just saying both names what do you want from me it's a lot of centers involved here uh the shul on mount pleasant avenue in livingston new jersey in suburban essex county as rabbi rakefin is fond of calling it and um, Rochelle started there in uh, July, and certainly in earnest in September when the kids came, and she had to find a few teachers in a few days to before school started. But anyway, we are wrapping up our segment, and we wanted to talk about growth. Growth? I wanted to share with you Share with what me. was so special about the teachers in our school. Got it. Uh, they're really an extraordinary group of women. They work together. They are as one. And I know a lot of schools might say that, but I've actually witnessed it multiple times, how they support each other. Um, It's almost as if it's one classroom and one closet and one mindset of whatever anybody needs. We're there to do it. It's a a tremendous team. Um, One of the things that's special about each teacher is that they are growth mindset. I take my time when I hire a teacher, meaning I don't just hire the first person that comes along or the second person that comes along. I interview many people, and if it takes me until the day before school <laughs> starts to hire the right person. Hypothetically. Hypothetically, of course. Um, you know what? It's like a marriage. There are two people in the classroom, and I feel a little bit uh, right, It's not only about the best teachers. It's the best combination. It's a combination. It's really matching people up. I feel that uh, Hashem has given me many gifted teachers, and I'm lucky that I get to uh, to watch them grow together. Uh, it's very important. They really need to get along. They need It needs to be like choreography, and watching the teachers at Iris Berman, it really is like choreography. Yes, they're dancing, but that's not what I'm talking about. Um, but they're also very open-minded and self-reflective, which I think is so important nowadays because you cannot have an ego when you're doing this job because it's not about you. You can be so excited about the idea that you brought in, but if one kid decides to talk about you know, stars and comets because he just went to the planetarium, then that's where you go with it. And any teacher who can put aside whatever she had planned and do that is an extraordinary woman or man. I was going to say, how come men aren't preschool teachers? There are men who are preschool teachers. But mostly in very, very yeshivish environments. No, not no? necessarily. A lot of public school, a lot of uh, reform conservative, there are orthodox schools. I've had people uh, send me resumes that they wanted to come, that they're in education and they'd like to come. Um, but again, it has to be the right fit. Um, but... To go back to the teachers, they're really just open-minded, and, you know, I didn't come in and say, we're changing to Reggio, we're 
you know, everything's different now. Uh, we're moving together. We're on this train track together, and uh, and we're moving forward. And just even this week, um, I had sent them some photos. I went to observe a school, a local school near us, another Jewish preschool near us, and uh, the teacher, the preschool director there has been so welcoming to us that she invited all the, our teachers to come and observe because they're really doing some extraordinary things there. So I had gone a couple of times and observed, took pictures, and I sent them to the teachers yesterday in an email. And last night I get an email from one teacher, these are extraordinary, when can we start? What age can we do this with? And I said, any age, any age, great, I'm in. And that's from the youngest, the teachers of the youngest children. And today another one came up to me and said, you know, I loved what I saw. They were doing something with sticks and trees and two is coming. And even though that was a fall, a picture from the fall, I'm doing that now because we can revisit what we discussed when it was fall and now we can move forward with it. When can I go to that school? And you know what? You just have to be open-minded and say it's all about the kids and giving them the chance to learn. We had our chance to learn. We learn more every day from being with the children. Um, what makes you go to work every day at 5.30 in the morning? <laughs> uh, I love what I do. I love the people. I love the teachers. I love the kids. Watching the children learn something new, explore something, feel a new texture, smell a new scent, reach a new height. Uh was fabulous. The beginning of the year, we had this adorable little girl who just could not get onto the tricycle in the indoor playroom. She just could not, her body, just her legs could not stretch. She couldn't figure out how to get over. And now she is just zipping around the gym with the four-year-olds. Uh, she explored, she tried, she had the opportunity. Um, the teachers give the children independence. We brought in ears of corn for them to explore uh, Thanksgiving time. And, you know, some teachers might be nervous that it might, when the children tear open the husk that some of the strands of the flask might fall on the floor and get dirty you know get all over the place not this group of teachers that is on the table there is mess the children are exploring it they're smelling it they're feeling it they're even tasting it in a safe way and they're giving them the independent skills they're giving them the opportunity to explore on their own and not tell them what to do final two questions second to the penultimate question is so we have actually, you probably realize, a number of listeners in suburban Essex County. And so if, if I am a parent of a young child in suburban Essex County and I am interested in visiting the Iris Berman Early Childhood Center. We'd love to have you anytime. How do I get in touch with you? You can go to our website, suburbantorah.org, or you can email me at Z at suburbantorah.org, and I will spell that for you since I spell my name Thanks to my mother, a little bit differently. Uh, it's R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E, the letter Z, like Zomic, at SuburbanTorah.org. And our phone number is 973-994-2620, and I am extension 230. And don't be misled if it says a different person's name. We have the former director's name still there because we love her so much. But just and persevere. And figure out <laughs> No, <it>. they're <laughs> changing it now. But <laughs> persevere. Sue Kellen is an amazing woman. And might I take a moment to thank her and Dara Orbach and Celine Leeds and the rabbi, Rabbi Michelle, for their support and all the amazing people there who have supported me through the beginning of my transition, and every day. Sue Kellen is there for me every day, as everybody else is. So thanks, Dara. Thanks, Celine. Thanks, Sue.
So my final question to you, Mrs. Amick, Maura Rochelle, is, is that, was this nearly as bad as you thought it was going to be? <laughs> I didn't have to stand on my head. I didn't have to prove anything to anybody. And uh, it is interesting to be interviewed by your husband and for the first time ever on the radio. Well, there you go. Do I get to pick the topic next time? Uh, sure. No, you can interview me next time if you want. That's, that'll be a real stunt. That will be truly a real stunt. <laughs> this is Mark Zamek with his wife, Rochelle, here on the stunt show. Yeah, what, what you? I just want to say, come visit anytime. Doors are always open. You'll love what you see. This is a very special edition of the Stun Show. This is the Nachum Siegel Network. Thursday, stay tuned for great programming. Listen to the show often, over and over again, and send me your comments, Mark, M-A-R-K, at NachumSiegel.com. And I'm reminding you, this is Mark Zamek, that reminding you that no matter how long a journey may seem, every step you take brings you one closer to the end. Go out and make it a great day, and I'll see you next time here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Show, but I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm not going to be able to do it.